terrible. It is. Well, the the goal is to only make that mistake one time and then then you're good. You get it out of the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I wish I did it one time. I think I've done it twice. <laughs> and I've had gracious people who have been on me when I've done it and we're mm. so good about doing it again. So, um, okay. So I'm going to just read your introduction and we're going to go um, and read your bio and then I'm just, we're just going to have a great conversation. Sounds good to me. Don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to read the whole thing. Like feel free to make any creative changes you want. You don't have to do the whole thing if you don't want. It's so short. <clears throat> oh, is it a short one? I don't know. Some people have like the long one and it's like this whole thing. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to, I don't want you to. No, spend if, if, it, if it was long, I wouldn't read the whole thing. Okay. I definitely take creative. Um, okay. Sure. Like, yeah, no, I, I usually put the long part in like the show notes, but then mm. if I read it, it's no. So, um, okay. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. I'm living my dream. That's what my upcoming guest said to me when we first met. The journey from suicide to success is possible. And to illustrate this is Kevin Palmieri. Kevin is the CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 1,200 episodes, reaching over 700,000 people in more than 140 countries. He believes in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement and teaching others how to get to the next level of their lives. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. Pauline, thank you so very much for having me. I am excited to chat and thank you for the wonderful introduction. Mm, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for saying yes to my invitation to be on the Small Victories podcast. I love highlighting people who have had a journey. Um, I think when we can see a transformation with people, there's inspiration, there's victories to be celebrated, but there's beautiful wisdom and nuggets to be learned from. And I want to thank you for being vulnerable today and, and sharing with us today your journey. Um, so I, let's just start there with your journey. Um, I know I mentioned at the top of the of the episode from suicide to success. What did that look like for you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It started when I was 25. If you looked at me, you would see a man who had a high paying job. I had a sports car. My girlfriend was a model. I had the body of my dreams because I had just won a bodybuilding show, new apartment, everything, you know, from the outside looking in, it seems like I, I had it all. And I know that's a common story that you hear from, from many people who kind of have a fall from grace. But although I looked super successful and super happy and maybe fulfilled, I was really none of those things. I was... I was very insecure. I was very scarce. I was afraid of my own shadow. I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I just, I wasn't a happy human being. And one day my girlfriend came to me and she said, Hey Kev, I want to move from the East coast to California. And I want to chase my dreams. I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm a dream chaser. I want to go. And in my scarcity and in my insecurity, I gave her every reason in the world why she shouldn't do it because I just, I was afraid. I was afraid of being left behind and not succeeding. And she ended up coming back a couple weeks later and leaving. She left me and she went and chased her dreams and that's exactly what she should have done. And I regret not being able to support her in that, but her and I connected after and we're on good terms and we've kind of, you know, talked about that in, in reflection, which is wonderful. 
But when she left me, Pauline, that was kind of my initial rock bottom where my bills just doubled. Work was super slow. And here I am trying to figure out who I am as a human being and who am I as a man and why don't I love myself? And the problem is I convinced myself that if I went and made more money, that would make all of the problems go away. So I was like, all right, let me try this. Let me go make some more money. So that next year starts and I get a promotion at my job. So I became foreman at my company and my job title was a weatherization tech. So we would go into buildings and make them more energy efficient. We worked on a lot of state-owned buildings. So I was making anywhere from $60 to $120 an hour. Cool. I'm all in because I'm trying to make as much money as I can. All right, let's do it. So that year was the busiest year we ever had. And I spent 10 months out of that year living on the road because most of our jobs were in other states. And you know, I would wake up early and stay up late and drive six hours, drive eight hours, stay up all night, whatever it took. So I got to the, the end of the year. I had my final pay stub in hand. And I said, did I do it? Did I, I wanted to make $100,000. All my problems are about to go away. And even in that thought process, you can see the flaw. So I opened my final pay stub and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. Awesome. But nothing changed. Right. I, I still was insecure. I still was scarce. I still wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't excited for my future. And I realized in that moment that for most of my life, I'd lived unconsciously, going through the motions, living accidentally. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. Fell in love with podcasting while I'm falling out of love with my job. So I start calling out. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. And it just kept getting worse and worse because I knew I did not want to do what it took to get that result again. And I knew that's the way my life was trending. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't feel like I could fix it. I didn't feel like I could stop it. I just felt very stuck and trapped. And I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey, which was six hours from where I lived. My alarm clock went off. I was out there for work. I sat up, I slid to the edge of the bed, I was lacing up my work boots, and that morning it felt like and seemed like in my mind that there were 10 televisions going on at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. One was saying, you're stuck here forever. I know you want to leave, but you can't. You're never going to find a job like this again. If you do leave, what will your friends think? You make more money than any of your friends. You're successful, quote unquote. What are they going to say? What's your family going to think? They look up to you. They're proud of you. You don't want to lose that. And the loudest thing for me really was, do you really think you're going to be a successful podcaster? Is that really what we're going to do? Like that's, that's our plan B. That's what we're going with. Okay. Interesting. And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And I'm very blessed that I have a, a tight group of humans around me that have always been super supportive of me. And I messaged one of my friends who's now my business partner and the CEO. And I explained to him what was going on. And I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm struggling mentally. I'm struggling emotionally. I don't know what's going on. I feel trapped and stuck. I, I just, I don't know. I think I need some help. And he talked me down and he, he supported me, but something he said really stood out. He said, Kev, over the last couple of years, your awareness has shifted so much, but your environments have remained the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. And I took that advice and I sat with that. And then three or four months later, I ended up leaving that job and then going full-time into podcasting 
and coaching. It really was podcasting in the beginning because there wasn't anything else. And I became a very broke entrepreneur trying to figure all this out. And that was in 2018. And here we are five years later now. Yeah. What, what motivated you to do podcasting? <laughs> it's interesting. I was actually, and it all comes full circle. I was interviewed on my friend, now CEO, his YouTube channel. And this was like three, maybe three or four months before I ended up making that money and then starting the podcast. So we did the interview. It was like an hour and a half. And at the end of it, I said to one of my friends, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. That was like a really cool idea. Like you can have an hour and a half conversation and somehow make money off of that. That would be the dream. Like who doesn't want to do that? And my buddy said, well, you can. I mean, there's people out there that do it. So that planted the seed in my mind of, okay, that's at least possible. Like that's something out there that people are doing. And then when I ended up making the money, realizing money wasn't quote unquote, it's not fixing my problems. I think I started the podcast a few months after that because it was like, now is time for me to do something different. And that's really when things started to go from like old Kevin to, to kind of new Kevin. What did the podcasting do for you when you first started out? I think it gave me kind of a sneak peek into what what a life of purpose or at least more of a life of purpose looks like because it wasn't it wasn't about me even though the episodes were kind of about me but it was it was adding value to people's lives that I didn't realize I could I could add and the other thing it did, it gave me fulfillment. I mean, I wasn't making any money. I didn't, that wasn't expected. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. But I was having really deep conversations with people that I was super excited to have, whether it was Friday night or Saturday morning, whatever. I, I was happy to do it. I was just, I was super excited to do it. So I think it also taught me a lot about myself. I remember one of my, I think it was episode number six, there was a kid who I went to, middle school with and it looked like he was doing cool stuff in life he was like a guitar player and he was like boxing doing like some charity boxing events and i don't think i had talked to him in like a decade and i reached out and said hey man i have a podcast you want to come up to my house in new hampshire and like we'll do it like just we'll hang out in the same in my living room and we'll do it and so i think it gave me a little bit of confidence too of i really believe in this thing like let me share this with people and that was that was unique for me i didn't have a lot of self-belief so that was that was a very foreign feeling for me. I love episodes and talking to people that allow me to also learn. So mm. thank you for having this conversation with me because what you said, I can relate to. One of my absolutely favorite things to do in this world is to have deep, meaningful conversations with amazing humans. Mm. And I want to know from you, what did that give you? What What is possible when you can have those kinds of conversations? That's a great question. And I think it's a very contextual answer. It depends on your level of ego. I think there are some people out there who might take so much away from every conversation they have. At times, even when they shouldn't be taking advice from the person that they're, or I guess they shouldn't use things from the conversation in their life because maybe it shouldn't be there. And I think there's people on the other end where they should use the opportunity to soak up all the information, but they don't because their ego doesn't let them. 
So I, I really think it, it depends on the human. You know, I think every conversation is an opportunity to, I think it's an opportunity to create perspective. And with the perspective, you can do whatever it is you want. You can consider it learning or you can just consider it perspective. I, I like to look at it as perspective. Will I learn something? Maybe. But I know I'll have a different way of looking at stuff. And to me, those are kind of two different things. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's what I would say about it. It it all depends on the human. I think the opportunity to learn is always there if you want it. If you go into a room thinking you can't learn anything, you probably won't. If you go into a room thinking you have so much to learn, you're probably going to learn something. And that's just a, a perspective shift from a human. So what is the, the, the distinction between a perspective shift versus learning? Oh, that's a great question. I haven't been in the shower since I thought of it last, so I haven't, I haven't really worked it through. <laughs> I, I would say, hmm, it's, I don't know, it's probably very, very similar, if not the same. I think maybe I just look at it, maybe there's an ego part of me that doesn't, doesn't want to give the opportunity of learning from somebody who I don't feel deserves it. So for me, I just say it's perspective. Hmm. Maybe that's that's maybe that's a personal thing for me where I feel like I don't feel like I'm right, quote unquote. I feel like I've put in a lot of work. I feel like just I've put in so much work that sometimes it's hard for somebody to be like, well, have you ever thought of it this way? And it's like, yeah, I definitely have. And but but maybe that didn't resonate with me. I don't know. So then for me, it's like that's perspective instead yeah. of something I learned, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If I think about that, because I've never thought about that distinction before either. So when I think about what I'm learning, it's knowledge that can either be implemented or not implemented. Whereas a perspective shift kind of speaks to your soul That's and, like, and, and has that ability to transform the way you look at things. And as we know from Wayne Dyer, the way you, you know, change the way you look at things and the look things you look at will change. So you know, I, I I appreciate you bringing up that conversation topic because I think that is a distinction. You know, when we people are creating content out there, podcasters are creating content as entrepreneurs, we're creating content. And there's a difference between teaching a skill or a piece of knowledge versus shifting people's perspectives. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, both can be very powerful in their own right. Um, and, you know, but I think with our experiences, we can help shift perspectives, whereas learning is more like knowledge, mind to mind based, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also like, what's the, I mean, when does it cross the line of I've learned this mm -hmm. versus yeah. perspective is almost to me. I mean, if I walk, yeah. if I go this way, it's different perspective and this is different perspective. So yeah, I think okay. that's part of it. It's almost like when my perspective shifts, I decide whether or not I want to learn the new thing. Yeah. And then if I decide, yeah, I think that's worth learning. And again, that the beautiful thing is you can always relearn later with a yeah. new perspective. It's, it's a, it's kind of a never ending thing. <laughs> yeah. Never ending story people. Right? <laughs> um, and, and that's the beauty, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. So it's important to continuously level up yourself. Yes. So you mentioned something I also want to dive into in terms of a distinction, mm -hmm. you know, the distinction between success and fulfillment, because obviously you had the success, 
but it was the fulfillment that was lacking. And I think your story is actually, unfortunately, the norm where people Mm -hmm. think they have to attain a certain level of looks, money, status, you know, name your, your poison. And yet when they do attain it, it doesn't feel any different. So in from your perspective, (laughs) bringing that whole thing full circle, what is your distinction between success versus fulfillment? For me, I think the, so let me just start with, I, I believe the reason that when I made all the money and it kind of like triggered so much inside of me is because I realized the difference between my internal status and external status all at once. So all I mean by that is I had all of the results. I had a 10 out of 10 life status, but I had like two out of 10 internal self-worth, self-belief, self-love self-esteem status. So I think that difference was so drastic that it kind of like broke my paradigm. So it's the distinction really is success is how other people perceive you on the external, whereas fulfillment is your own self-perception. I believe that fulfillment is being in the process of evolution with the understanding that you're never actually going to get evolved. Like there'll never be a time where you get a medal. that's like, yo, nice. You're done. Right. (laughs) Where I think happiness is more results driven. So that my analogy for that is always, if this interview goes well and Pauline loves me, I will be happy. Regardless of how this interview goes, I am currently fulfilled because I am in the process of doing what I should be. I believe I'm, adding value. And at the end of the day, I'll be grateful I did this. It's one of those interesting things where people will say, well, you know, uh, money doesn't buy happiness. I understand what you're saying. Money can buy things that does make you happy, right? Like I have a dream car that costs $200,000. I will be happy when I get it. Am I going to be fulfilled when I get it? No, 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 no. I think money can buy momentary happiness and it can buy opportunity. I don't think money buys fulfillment. Because I think fulfillment is the inner game. So I believe that for a lot of us, this is this is how it's kind of set up. We see people ahead of us, quote unquote, because they have nicer things than we do or they have what we want. We don't understand how they actually feel. So we don't realize that they're living the life that I was living and they're not actually fulfilled. And we see them and they seem so happy, but we don't see them at night when they're putting their head down on the pillow getting ready for bed. Now, I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is we think external things fix internal problems. And I think that's what we think happiness is. When it's not, I think it's the other way around where if you work really, really hard on your internal stuff, whatever that means, traumas, triggers, pains, you know, your past, if you work really, really hard on that stuff, it's almost like in a weird way, it takes less to make you fulfilled. Because you're fulfilling yourself by learning about yourself, understanding yourself at a deeper level, evolving. Really, that's what you're doing. You're evolving. So I think fulfillment is very much an inner game. And I think happiness is more of like an external results game. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not the chicken or the egg, right? You don't need fulfillment before success. Success could definitely come before fulfillment. 
but there's an illusion that success provides people on the outside that, oh, they must be fulfilled. They have everything they want. They have the perfect life. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And again, how would you not know? Right. Right. Like we're in an interesting time now where people actually share it, where you know, 30 years ago, you didn't have access to, to quote unquote successful human beings. The only way you'd get to see a successful human being was in a magazine or on television. And that was all not real. Now, at least you have people on social media or podcast or YouTube or whatever, where they can say, hey, like I had a, I had a pretty bad day, honestly. And I know it looks like I have everything, but uh, you know, I struggle too. Like that's yeah. an important thing that's kind of new, all things considered. Yeah. And I think it's actually almost like if you have the success first, it's like a persona you have to perpetuate. So it doesn't allow you or, or not that it doesn't allow you, but it, it hinders you from being able, being able to be honest and vulnerable and saying, I know it looks like I have everything and I should be grateful. And I'm not like, I'm, I, there's something missing. So what do you think that missing thing is for people? I don't know. That's a really hard one. I think the the root of is the root of it is an understanding of self. In some way shape or form, we we don't necessarily understand ourselves enough to pull the right strings. Hmm. It, it's almost like the analogy I use is I was looking for a key. It's like this is the key to the door. Mm -mm, nope. You know, beautiful girlfriend. I got it. Nope, didn't open. Made it kind of almost made it worse because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Uh, car. I remember. I remember. I got so in my in when I was in like high school and early twenties. My dream car was a a brand new Subaru WRX. Like, uh, if I could just get that, that would be awesome. I remember I bought one, brand new, zero miles. And when I showed up to the dealership it was in front of the building and there was literally a crowd of people standing around it it was like the weirdest thing ever and i was like excuse me i have to go this is my car like awesome awesome moment but that's not it right that doesn't make it that doesn't make it go away i it's the understanding i think that there's so many there's so many things inside us that we don't know about us and until we understand ourselves at that deep of a level, it's really hard to make internal progress. I mean, the only real way to, to fix a hole is to fill it. But the only way to fill the hole is to understand it's there and know what to fill it with. And that's the hard part. That's the hard part. So that's what I think it is. What was it for you? I think it was two things. One, I grew up without a dad. So part of it for me was if I look really successful, nobody will ever be able to tell me I wasn't good enough. Mm. You can't tell me I'm not good enough because I have everything you want. And you can't say that. That was part one. And then I think part two, I grew up broke. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. I had a lot of scarcity around money. So when it got to the point where, you know, I, I had $3,000, $5,000 checks, I just didn't cash because it didn't matter. I didn't, I just didn't have time to go to the bank. It's like, I didn't need to. That was like a very, very weird feeling for me. And I, it did make me happy. I had bouts of happiness. I did. But it never got to the identity level of Kevin is a human being. Because I all, I, I wanted to make what I had and who I was the same thing. That was, that's what I was trying to do. 
and you can't you can't take the external stuff and bring it in it doesn't you know it's almost like a if you imagine uh there's there's like a video of like a squirrel who is reaching through a cage trying to grab something and he can't pull it through like yeah. just can't go through it's too big it's kind of how i look at it so i think for me it was just scarcity it was lack if i show if i show myself and everybody else that i have these real life results they can't really question me right yeah. and the problem is i was never doing it for anybody else i was actually doing it for me i just didn't know it until i got it all and then i realized this isn't for any this is for you this isn't for anybody else like it has to be for you if it's not for you it's not it's not really worth doing yeah and and that i think i feel like i just had an epiphany is like that's the distinction if it's for everybody else then it's not fulfillment if it's for you then there's fulfillment there because like for, i can relate right like i like this not good enough i'm not good enough type of belief mm-hmm. limiting belief that i live with my whole life and oftentimes the most successful people are motivated from that limiting belief whether they believe it or not um and so when you are you strive to prove that you are good enough that you have the validation from other people and like you said they can't question you because mm-hmm. What are you going to say? I have these results. So you can't tell me I'm not good enough. Yeah. But if it's not for you directly, if it doesn't give, bring you personal satisfaction, then at that point, then it was for validation from the external resources or, you know, sources, you know, like your family and friends to be like, wow, Kevin, you're, you're so amazing. You you just, money's just oozing out of you and you have this beautiful girlfriend and, you know, and oftentimes I think we don't realize that we think it's for us, but really it's for validation from external sources. Yeah. Um, but when it really truly is for us, like we could do it, whether people knew about it or not, then that's where fulfillment can come into play. Yeah. I think it's an important understanding of like, you can be the most fulfilled and have the least results. That's mm-hmm. how I know when I was, I remember I left my job. I was as broke as you can be because I'm not making any money. I'm not running a very successful business at this point. And I was as single as can be. I had no prospects of love and nobody was listening to the podcast. I was walking around the kitchen one day and I just remember thinking like, I'm very proud of me. Like I like whatever I'm doing. It doesn't seem like I'm doing that much, but this journey, this mission, this purpose feels really good. Like that, is this what fulfillment feels like? And that was like the first time I ever really started to think about that because I didn't, I didn't know what that was. But if you think of it, and this is like a new thought for me, and I have again, I haven't, I haven't showered with this thought yet, so I can't promise it's sound. But if you think of a company like Amazon, Amazon fulfillment, what does that mean? Fulfillment. It means to make an order complete. Is what it really means. It means we fulfilled the order. We made it real. We. We took it, we put it together, and we boxed it up. I think that's kind of a good analogy. You're, you being fulfilled is like kind of putting everything together inside and making it whole, whatever that means to you. So I, I don't know. I'll throw that out there. We can, we can explore, but I think that's a, I mean, it's not a coincidence. It's the same word. It's the same word. So yeah, no, I, I think you're on to something. Um, and I, I do want to say to the listeners that you are whole. We, we forget, right? The the world tears us down. People don't show up. We get abandoned. We feel not good enough for whatever reasons. And we become disconnected from ourselves and we feel broken. 
um, even though we are whole. And so it's, it's the conscious mindful action of putting ourselves back together and remembering how whole we are and how amazing and magnificent we are born. Um, I want to ask you because you, your secret to success or your not just success, but fulfillment was podcasting. And as entrepreneurs were like, Oh, everyone's like, do a podcast, do a podcast, do a podcast. And at what point can we make the distinction between, oh, I should do a podcast because that's what I'm being told to do versus will this podcast bring me fulfillment? Yeah, that's a great question. It depends on who you are as a human being. And and honestly, why are you doing it? To, to your point, are you doing it because you want to bring a a very specific level of value to a very specific audience in a unique way? All right, cool. Like, give it a shot. Uh, the, the hardest part is understanding that in the beginning, you're not going to get almost any results. So it can be very disheartening where it's like I was fulfilled, but I wasn't happy. That I can tell you. I wasn't, I wasn't happy being $35,000 in credit card debt. I was not happy. These were, those were some of the hardest years of my life. Some of the worst years of my life, like worse than, worse than some of the worst. Right. I couldn't, my girlfriend, I couldn't get Christmas. Well, she's my wife now, but I couldn't get Christmas presents two years in a row. I couldn't afford them. I couldn't pay rent. My car broke and we had a studio. And I literally, I literally drove to the studio, which was an hour. My brakes were mangled. Every time I went below like 15 miles an hour, my car would just shut off. Sometimes it wouldn't start, but it was just like, I have to get to the studio to do this. Like that's, that's the level of, I don't want to say pressure because again, I'm blessed to be able to do what I do, but that I wasn't happy, but I was fulfilled in the mission. So I think that's just an interesting, you know, yeah. I, was I happy when I had my old job? Yeah. There were times where I was super happy. We used to go to the bar and I would buy shots for everybody, the whole bar. I was happy, but I wasn't fulfilled. So I think that's an, that's just an important understanding to have. And if you're out there, when is the line of demarcation? Yeah, when you get to the end of the when you get to the end of the day and you're not grateful you did it. I think that's a really good marker for fulfillment. Where if I got to the end of today and I was like, honestly, I didn't, I'm not really grateful I did those podcasts today. Like, I don't feel I don't I don't really feel like I did something today. I would have to start questioning this. Really. Mm. I would have to start questioning this. And mm. Do I think that'll ever happen? No, but I don't know if anybody does. Right. So it's interesting that you say that fulfillment and happiness can be, you know, they're, they're not one in the same because yeah. I think we often relate fulfillment with happiness. So I'm going to keep in the line of questioning and, and you're like the first person that has, I've done this with, but the distinction between happiness and, and fulfillment then, like what, what is that for you? Happiness is results. It's results-based. I think, okay. Happiness is dopamine based. Fulfillment okay. is soul level alignment based. I think that's kind of the best way is like, you can be, you can eat candy watch porn and be happy mm -hmm. that's i mean it's is it sustainable happiness no probably not but you'll get a spike of happiness are you going to be fulfilled if you do that every day for the rest of your life no absolutely not you're going to end up 
very, very miserable. That for me, that that's the differentiator. It for me, it's happiness is usually doing stuff you want to do. Fulfillment oftentimes is doing stuff that benefits you, benefits others, is for a cause, facilitates growth and evolution, but kind of sucks at times. <laughs> that's that's the best way to think about it for me. The, I mean, okay, last year was the most fulfilling year of my entire life. By far, not close. Is it a coincidence that I did 750 podcast episodes and... You know, like, no, that's not a coincidence. It was the hardest year of my life too, but hard in the way of towards a, a goal. Yeah. So I feel accomplished. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the word passion, if we look at the origin word um, in Latin, it means suffering. And mm -hmm. so it's, what is it that we're willing to suffer for because we're so passionate about and, um, I'd like to ask you as we um, come to a close, because I feel like we could talk forever and Definitely. go down this rabbit hole, Kevin. Um, but what have you found the intersection for you between fulfillment and happiness? Have I found it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's a, there are certain things and my, my business partner and I have these conversations all the time where it's kind of like a, a running joke. But there are certain things that I will not give up because they bring me they bring me bouts of happiness. So I love I love watching mixed martial arts. Huge fan. Is it a great use of my time to watch fights for seven hours on a Saturday? Absolutely not. Nope, it's not. Does it make me happy as a clam? Absolutely does. I will not get rid of it. I will not. I just won't. That. But that feels better for me. And I feel more aligned when I had a very, very productive, fulfilling week because I think that's it for me. It's almost like 80% fulfillment, 20% happiness. Mm. I think that's a, that's a good little frame for me. It's, I don't have a lot of fun during the day, right? Like I'm in the office from six in the morning till six at night. Like I'm not always having fun. I don't know. I don't know. I like, I consider this fun, but I'm tired and I'm sick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I honestly, I'd rather be in bed, but this is more fulfilling. So I would, I would rather do this, that. However you package that, that's, a, that's my representation of fulfillment. It's harder to be here with you, but I'd rather do it. Mm. So, so beautifully put. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I feel like we have dived into a lot of conversation that could be even pulled apart even more. Um, I think it's something that a lot of, especially entrepreneurs, um, are going to be confronted with. Maybe it's a topic of conversation that they haven't already thought about, but I think at some point we end up asking ourselves, what am I doing this for? And it can be confronting because we have to really be self-introspective about and honest about what what's the motivation are we doing it for validation are we doing it for um the applause and the recognition and the lights and the cameras or are we doing it because there's like we can't help ourselves yeah and it's a great way to it's a great way to look at it one of the i just want to throw this out there too 
I often struggle with, with shows or people that ask me the questions. And I don't mean it in a negative way, but they'll say like, I want to, I want to do less and make more. It's like, I understand what you're saying, but that's a broken game. It's, it's not, a, it's kind of a broken game because you're thinking from a place of happiness, not fulfillment. So you're already telling me what you do doesn't fulfill you because you'd want to do it more, not less from my perspective, right? It's like, I'm not, I don't want to do less podcasts. I want to do more because I love doing them, even though sometimes it sucks like that. I just, I'm not sure. And again, who am I, right? Like, please run everything I say through your own filter because I don't, I don't have all the answers and I, I don't want to claim to, but I do think that's some, that's always something that's interested me where people are like, well, entrepreneurs start a business because they want a life of freedom, but then eventually the job overtakes their freedom. Like, how do we get our time back? It's like interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Does that mean you don't have enough time or does that mean the time you're spending is not actually fulfilling you? Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a deeper conversation. Then you could say, well, time with family is the most fulfilling. Okay. Completely understand. Point taken. Uh, time in nature is super fulfilling. Okay. Point taken. Understand that. It's like there's a lot of layers to this, to your point. And again, I think my the podcast used to be called Hyperconscious. Like for me, I want to, I just want to know, and I want to get deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's a good, it's a good thing to look at. If you're starting something because it's profitable, that's a big difference between because you're passionate about it. Those are just two different lives, and I think it's at least important to understand when you when you start that. Yeah. Do you think that there's a way to overlap those? Some you can be profitable over something you're passionate about. Of course. Yeah. But I think it depends on, that's the weird thing is when you start it, it, you kind of have to run off of the guideline of passion because the hope of profitability isn't there yet. Where, mm. where humans, I think, again, I'm really good at this. We're really good at convincing ourselves, well, this pays a good amount of money. I love this. This is great. I am passionate about this. This is yeah. what my life is about. That's what I did. Like I didn't even, I didn't feel like I was having a real impact on the world or I wasn't passionate about it. I just liked the money. And then I had to convince myself that I was passionate about it in order to, to keep doing it. Yeah. But when you flip the script, then it's almost like one thing is I'm only in this pool until I get the golden ring. The other thing is I will stay in this pool forever. I don't want to ever get out of this pool. Like, what do I have to do to stay in this pool? And I think that's a good representation of, you know, chasing something because it's profitable versus passion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation <laughs> and this is why I do my podcast because, you know, partly selfishly, I, like I said at the beginning, I love having deep, meaningful conversations with amazing humans and Kevin, you are an amazing human. And I thank you for showing up in your podcast, not knowing exactly how it was going to turn out and having a passion for it, having a suffering for it and, and choosing it. And I think that truly is the freedom that entrepreneurs um, strive for. I think we can, it can get easy to think, oh, I want the freedom of location. I want the freedom of finances. I want the freedom of time. But really what freedom is, is the ability to choose. And to choose how you use your time, how do you use your finances, how do you use your energy and your gifts and talents. And I believe that when we can come 
at life like that and we can really take an honest look at do we want to stay in the pool because we just love it and can't help ourselves then you truly can live a victorious life Mm -hmm. thank you for joining in in another episode of the small victories podcast and until we meet again be blessed okay let me pull that was awesome